0: Hey, welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. Great to be with you today, recording this right before the Memorial Day weekend. And if you've been listening to the show on a regular basis this year, you've heard me complain about the weather incessantly, uh, nonstop, really, for months. And I'm happy to report in Western New York, spring is finally here, 75 degrees, sunny, beautiful. I think as soon as this recording is done, I, I might go to the park or go have a barbecue or something. So I'm really excited about that really excited for today's show we got a great guest we'll welcome him in a minute we want to say hi to trish mcfarland our co-host not with us today she is on assignment we will see her again very soon i also want to thank our show sponsor virgin pulse and share some really exciting news that was released this week from virgin pulse they are merging yes merging with red brick health to create the world's largest most comprehensive digital health and engagement company And they will deliver the industry's only fully integrated digital platform with benefits navigation, live coaching, and more. It's really exciting news from Virgin Pulse. You can learn more about what Virgin Pulse is doing and about the merger with Redbrick at www.virginpulse.com. But thanks to them, as always, and congratulations to the whole team there. Uh, HR Tech Conference, of course. I'll keep mentioning this for a couple more months. Tickets are selling like crazy. We are super excited for the conference this year. In September, you can go to www.hrtechconference.com. Use my code, STEVE, all caps, STEVE300, for $300 off your registration for the event in September. That's my gift to you. Don't say I never gave you anything. Finally, a couple of quick HR happy hour show updates. Plenty of new content coming on the podcast network. We're Only Human, HR Market Watch, Research on the Rocks. More to come. Stay tuned. We've been having unbelievable quarter the thanks to everybody who's listening sharing and downloading it's, it's incredible how much the network has grown and finally speaking of growth i'm really excited about this the hr happy hour show is now on amazon alexa if you use the alexa flash briefing capability to get news and updates on your echo device you can add the hr happy hour show skill to your daily fra- flash briefing it is really cool so just search for hr happy hour on your Alexa app and you can add this it's a new version of the show it's a short one it's like a daily briefing I'm doing the most every day and Trish has done a few too so it's really fun so if you're an Alexa person think about adding the HR happy hour show to your Alexa device okay let's get on with it I mentioned we're recording this show right before Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S. and we've got a great topic and a great guest we're going to talk about which is helping our veterans get back into work. Our guest today is Zach Iskol. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Higher Purpose. Zach is a combat decorated Marine Officer, Iraq veteran, and entrepreneur. He served as the first officer in charge of recruiting, screening, assessment, and selection for the US Marine Corps Forces Special Operations Command. Zach is also the chairman and co-founder of the Headstrong Project a nonprofit organization that provides cost-free and bureaucracy-free mental health care treatment to Iraq and Afghanistan veterans with PTSD and TBI. Since 2011, Zach's focus has been on his role as a digital media entrepreneur. He founded and serves as the CEO of Higher Purpose, the only career platform owned and operated by veterans designed specifically for the military community. By partnering directly with companies and veterans, higher purpose helps strengthen the American workforce and evolve how employers interact with and hire veterans. Zach, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And have uh, been a fan of the show and excited to be here.
0: Great. Well, it was great to have you. And It's a great topic, a really timely one as well, one that means a lot to me, and I think it's going to mean a lot to uh, just about all of our listeners as well. So Zach, let's start off a little bit. We've got a little bit of your background in the bio. Maybe you can share a little bit uh, about you and a little bit about what got you to decide, boy, we really need something. We need a tool, a platform, a technology to, to help veterans get back into work. Sort of what got you going down this path?
1: Yeah, um, so where to start? So I guess I'll start at the beginning. So I, I was very lucky. I had a somewhat of an entrepreneurial Marine Corps career. I had an opportunity to build one of the first successful Iraqi military units um, in Al Anbar province in Iraq in 2004. Uh, I then had an opportunity to help build the first Marine Special Operations unit. And as part of that, my last job in the Marine Corps was I I helped build and run the recruiting screen assessment, recruiting screening assessment and selection program for Marine Special Operations. And throughout all of those, um, roles. I had the opportunity to work with really remarkably talented and impressive groups of Marines. Sure. Uh, and I could tell stories for days about the work that they were doing. I mean, you know, some of them, 18, 19 years old, leading Iraqi soldiers uh, in 120, 130 degrees heat through the second battle with Malaysia, the biggest battle of the Iraq war, then playing a role in, you know, really getting to work, uh, um, with some of these men and women, as we were building the first Marine Special Operations Unit, and I saw firsthand and got to be a part of a team and and see Marines who were just incredibly impressive.
0: Oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, fast I can't even a imagine. Years, yeah, I can't even imagine how impressive those individuals are and and have to be to to do that kind of work. It's amazing to me.
1: They they, they truly are the best and brightest of the generation. Yeah. And uh, fast forward a couple years after I got of the Marine Corps, some of my my guys were struggling with transition. And and I think part of that was really that there's a lack of familiarity amongst military service members with the civilian job market. Right. You know, this is, this is a population that, that dreams their entire lives about joining the military. You know, they don't really think about what's going to come next. And I thought that there was a real need to sort of develop tools to inform them about some of the really remarkable opportunities that are out there how to navigate uh, the civilian job market and and make a successful career transition.
0: Yeah, and that led you in a roundabout way or maybe not, maybe more of a direct way to create uh, higher purpose, right? Is, is it a pretty straight line to, from, from thinking about that after you left the Marines and, and, and working with some of the folks who had left as well to, to get to higher purpose?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so a couple of years after I got out, I, I knew I wanted to start my own business and I had this background in recruiting and assessment and selection. And so I figured I could apply those skills to uh, help solve this problem. And, and one of the things that was really interesting that I I, I, I wouldn't say I learned, I sort of had an a instinct that this would be true, is really we like to think of ourselves not so much as helping veterans find jobs, But more, we really help companies hire remarkably talented veterans, transitioning service members and their spouses. And that this is really, you know, especially in this day and age when you have incredibly low unemployment, when you have a skills cap, this is a talent pool that every smart business needs to be tapping into if they want to be competitive in the, you know, proverbial talent wars.
0: Yeah, that's a great, Zach, uh, that's a great way to frame it too. and. You know, when everything like I've been doing this kind of stuff for a while and almost every kind of HR and talent initiative, you know, always comes back to, well, you know, is this good for our business? Is this a business initiative and not a HR initiative? Right. Those kinds of things and framing the the opportunity here as a great opportunity for businesses and organizations to tap into an incredible talent pool. That's the way to solve it. Right. And that's the way to get people's attention, too, I think
1: yeah absolutely and and you know as you dive into the numbers you know you'll see veterans make more money we have lower unemployment we have higher rates of entrepreneurship we have higher rates of management um we we are a very very successful segment of the population now that's not to say there are not very real challenges with transitioning out of the military especially if you've been in a combat environment Um, But at the same time, this is a remarkable example. I mean, there is there's an amazing statistic uh, that 76 percent of 18 to 24 year olds, 76 percent are not qualified to join today's military because they are not educated enough. They don't test high enough on the intelligence and aptitude tests. They're not fit enough uh, or they have a a criminal records or history of drug use. So it's the top 24 percent of young Americans who are even eligible to serve. And then of that, it's an even smaller percentage that actually has the motivation and uh, desire to raise their right hand and serve.
0: Right, and and then also to succeed, right, to 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 have a successful military career as well. That's probably reduces that number even more, right? Folks who make it through. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and you think about like if you leave the military with an honorable discharge, it means not only have you met that standard, but it means that you have shown that you are. Uh, capable of, of completing tough, difficult training, often very technical training. It shows that you're able to work in a very, very diverse team oriented environment, it says that you're able to put others, not just the country, but your team. I mean, this is the only a joke, but it's not really a joke. This is the only job in the world where you're asked to take bullets for other people. <laughs> okay. um, I, and, I'm laughing. That's not funny <laughs> at all, but yeah, it's, it's so true. Yeah. It, it, but it, it's like those are exactly the kinds of people that you want on your team. You know, Those are exactly the types of people that are going to... Put in the extra effort, and that are going to make sure that your company or your team at your company accomplishes its tasks and its given mission.
0: Yeah, hey, uh, let me do a quick reset. Zach, we're with Zach Iscall from higher Purpose. We're yeah. talking about how companies can get more engaged with uh, the veteran talent pool and get more veterans back into the the civilian work workforce and the the, the incredible you know folks we have uh, coming out of our military and all the uh, all the value that they can offer organizations a couple questions Zach, though because i don't know right and i i'm I'm curious more than anything Mm -hmm. is for you know at least your experience you know when you were in the service does the service kind of do anything for these men and women to kind of help prepare them for life after the military does anything happen while they're still in or they kind of they leave they get discharged and and they kind of don't know what to do what what kind of happens on on their way of exiting the military
1: uh, it's a great question. So uh, back in the day when I was getting out in at the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, uh, it was really you would go to a day long class um, that was taught by somebody who had never transitioned out of the military themselves. Often somebody who retired and went right into that role, never left the base. Sure. Uh, and and that was it. And then and literally nobody's paying attention. Everybody just can't wait to get, you know, the, the military in their rearview mirror and, and start the next chapter of <laughs> yeah. their life. Um, whereas today they, they've become much more adept and have developed really, it varies from service to service, but it's usually a three to six months before you get out. You start doing uh, different types of programs, different types of classes to prepare you for your transition um, helping you with your resume. Every single person leaving the military is required to have a LinkedIn profile before they, like, wow, you cannot check out of the military. Wow, interesting. Unless you have a resume, I, I never, never, never would have known that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah Then they help you also sort of navigate your benefits. You know, when you leave the military, you have phenomenal benefits, especially the GI Bill that you can use to invest in yourself. And you can use that GI Bill to become a computer engineer, computer developer software developer, you can use it to become an airplane pilot, you can use it to go back to school to get an advanced degree. And, um, and, and so they really make sure that that veterans are using those benefits uh, to the best of, of mm-hmm. their abilities. Okay.
0: So it's getting a little better. But it I do like. think
1: that, that it, it is getting better, but there will still always be a challenge with, you know, finding that next career that you're really going to be passionate about. And yeah. I think... You can read in a book during those transition classes about the new economy. You can read about different occupations, but until you actually do something, until you actually sit in the seat, it's sort of hard to know. And so there is usually a one to two year adjustment period for transitioning service members before they really settle into a role. And one of the things that the data shows is that often veterans are more likely to jump around from company to company for the first year or two of their transition. Okay. And then once they settle in, they are often likely to stay in that company for a significantly longer period of time than their civilian peers. Right.
0: So once that right fit, that right match, that right kind of balance is struck, it tends to work out really well for the veteran as well as for the organization. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Zach, I'd love to talk just a little bit about the common kinds of challenges and things that uh, veterans have to work through when they're making that transition. It, it, you know, I know I've read a lot about this issue in the past, and we hear things about maybe skills and things that they learned in the military not directly translating to things in the civilian world. Uh, uh, what are the co- most common things that come up when you work with veterans and when Higher Purpose works with veterans? Like, wh- where are the, where's the area that you have to help the veterans with the most, I guess I'd say?
1: Yeah, so, um, so when I was, I was coming back from a patrol um, in, in 2004, and we, we pulled through the gate of, of my forward operating base, and I see one of my Marines is running across this field and being chased by one of our patrol dogs, and he's actually outrunning the patrol dog. Wow. And I ask my platoon sergeant, I'm like, who is that, and what's going on? I said, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's Frey. So, uh James Frey was uh assigned to our unit as a cook. And it turns out he was an all-American high school basketball player. It might have been a football player. I think he was an all-American high school basketball player. Okay. And the Marine Corps in its infinite wisdom made Frey a cook. You know, <laughs> okay. I mean, he's somebody who was like more of an infantryman than anybody in my infantry platoon. And we had some remarkable infantrymen in my platoon. Um, and the Marine Corps decided to make him a cook and, you know, no offense to pray. I'm still in touch with him today. I love him like a brother. He was not the greatest cook of all time. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: but you know, the reason I tell that story is when you join the military, the needs of the military comes first. So if the military needs cooks or it needs truck drivers or it needs mechanics, that's what you're going to be. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a good cook or a good truck driver um, it certainly doesn't mean that's what you want to do or what you should do when you get out, but that's what you're going to do when you get in. And so one of the problems is, is that there's a pervasive use of these things called military occupational skills translators. And what those do is you plug in your MOS, your military occupational specialty, and then it tells you these are the comparable civilian careers. Okay. And I think there's two problems with it. One is, um, as I just explained, you know, when you join the service, the needs of the service come first. So if you are a truck driver in the service, it doesn't mean you're a good truck driver. It doesn't mean you want to be a truck driver. And it certainly doesn't mean you should be one when you get out. Right. The other problem with it is, you know, when 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 you do get out, you're supposed to be making a transition. You're supposed to be finding a new career Um, and. And those occupational skills translators, um, I think, can cause transitioning service members sometimes to shortchange themselves. And it can cause hiring managers to automatically assume somebody's not the right fit. Okay. And the third thing I'll say about that is if you are looking for somebody with a specific skill set in the military and you want to hire that person, you don't need a skills translator to figure out if they have the skill. If you're looking for helicopter mechanics or hydraulic mechanics or you're looking for Somebody who's a nurse or a software developer or a manager—it's pretty clear that what they did in the military is that in the civilian yeah. job market. Yeah. Um, and I think the bigger question is—is is, um, really arming transitioning service members with the tools, the GI Bill, for example, to acquire new skills, giving them training programs in your companies so that they're able to acquire new skills. And I think the way that that I look at it is. There's really two things that you need to look at when you're hiring people, you know, cultures and values. And the other is skills and knowledge. And when you think about the, the, the culture and values of the military, they are cultures and values that are shared by just about every company in America. Right? right. Teamwork, integrity, work ethic, putting others first, being mission focused. I mean, these are these are the cultures and values that most companies would espouse and would would expect from their employees. On the knowledge and skills front, you know, as I said earlier, this is a population that has demonstrated that they can acquire new skills, and I think the question is: is one, um, are you providing them the mentorship and the guidance so that they can use their benefits, their GI bill, to acquire those skills through education? But also, do you have programs within your companies that will give them the opportunities to acquire those skills? And if you make those investments, you will you will have a remarkable employee.
0: Yeah, Zach, I'm glad you kind of brought up the. The kind of employer side of the the equation here, because that's what I wanted to kind of transition to next and, and ask you about is is what are and I, I imagine it's some of the similar things as well in terms of skills translation and understanding how they translate. But what what are some of the things that employers struggle with? Say if they do struggle, and I, I'm, I'm guessing some do um, when it comes to engaging with this pool of talent and trying to work with uh, uh, service members after they've left the military. What, what are some of the things that you see come up often when you talk with employers around this issue?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of employers approach um, this space. There's, there's really a couple different types of employees. There's some that, have, that understand that tapping into the military and talent pool is absolutely vital to them being a successful company. And there's no shortage of brands like that that really, really rely on military talent from, you know, companies like like Delta and United to FedEx to you know GE uh, to Verizon. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's USAA is another great example sure. um, that that really rely on military talent to, to drive their business, and they understand that 250,000 people a year are transitioning out of the military. Wow, I was, Even I was at about a time to ask you, 250,000. Wow. Two hundred fifty thousand, and at a time when you have record low unemployment, um, this is a this is a constant source of fresh talent into the marketplace that every company should be competing for. So I think I think so. There's those types of companies. Then there's companies that approach this because, you know, they they think it's philanthropic. They think there's something charitable about it. Um, And I think for those companies, um, it's great that they are, that they're stepping forward, that they want to hire people who have have served their country. Mm -hmm. But I think they're always a little bit surprised that how competitive this talent pool is. And so, for example, um, you know, when when you think about somebody transitioning out of the military, you know, you're looking at somebody who joined when they're 18, now they're leaving and they might be 22, 23 years old. Now, if they use their GI Bill to go back to school, now they're graduating with their bachelor's degree and they're 26, 27, 28 years old. So they're 28 years old. They're entering the job market for the first time. Military service members and veterans start families early. So often they're married. They might have a kid or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're looking to hire somebody who is an entry-level employee as a veteran, um, and you are putting them into the same pipeline as a 22 year old recent college grad, well, that veteran is, is going to expect a higher salary. Um, they are going to expect greater, um, responsibility early on in their career. Um, and so like other, what would sort of be called non-traditional talent pools, I think the biggest struggle is, is companies need to be, uh, make investments in being more flexible, in order to hire this town pool. And so a couple examples of that are, number one, be prepared to pay more money for transit for for military service members, veterans and spouses. Um, We have lower unemployment, we make more money, we're starting our careers a little bit later. Um, But when you're leaving the service, you know, you are making a, a significant amount of income you have significant benefits right and so if you want to be competitive for the sample expect that that person that you might be able to hire as an entry-level college grad at 45 to 50k a year um expect to pay that veteran 60 to 75k if it's a uh, junior military officer you're looking at 80 to 100k and i think that really sometimes throws employers off a little bit Um, i think the other side of that though is it's a worthwhile investment because even though they are entering the job market for the first time, they have incredible life experience, incredible work experience, incredible management abilities. And, and it's also imperative that companies then give them a fast track to greater responsibility. Right. So you might hire them as a, you know, entry-level barista in your coffee shop, but expect them to be managing that coffee shop in six months. <laughs> right. Expect them to be leading a team of four, six, ten people in a short amount of time but they need to get that experience of how to run that organization or run that team. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's important too.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point, Zach, because this 28 year old in your example, this 28 year old, uh, you know, former service member who then went back to school and, you know, that, that person, is not the same kind of candidate as that 21, 22 year old who just came out of college, right? The, the 28 year old service members got way more skills, way more experience, may more life experience, may more, much more leadership experience, everything, right? Like it, it, they're not the same, right? And, uh, that's a great point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just one other, you know, while we're on that, one other just sort of tip I would give to employers is when you write your job descriptions, um, and you say, you know, college degree required, um, I would always write college degree or requisite military experience Um, because I would argue that four years in the military is the equivalent, if not more valuable than four years in college. Yeah,
0: Zach, that is a super point. And I'll, uh, uh, you know, it's so tough. I just wrote about that on my site this week, maybe yesterday the day before, not sort of in the military context, but this concept of what they call degree inflation and how um, how rampant it's become across a wide swath of jobs where employers are are posting these, quite frankly, artificial degree requirements, right, as a method, a screening method or a proxy for some other type of skill that they maybe assume that a degree confers on a candidate. But I'd argue that the military experience is not just a proxy for those skills. It's, a, it's proof of those skills, right, uh, beyond, say, a bachelor's degree. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was. I'm glad. You and that. I think
1: you know. And one of the things that's interesting about non-traditional talent, and when I say non-traditional talent, I mean this could be stay-at-home moms who are entering the workforce again, professional athletes, older workers, mm-hmm. especially veterans, transition service members. Um, they tend to be to follow directions better than than sort of traditional talent. Meaning that if you have a requirement on your job description that a veteran doesn't meet they are not going to apply for that job even though the expectation is is that people would you should you should apply if you meet you know 70 percent or 80 percent of the requirements and you would still like to see those resumes most veterans if they are missing even one small thing they're gonna they're gonna not apply to that because you know they're used to being able to follow directions to uh to the letter now they're also used to making decisions in complicated and difficult environments but um you know, you are, you do follow, follow directions.
0: Hey Zach, before we let you go, I, we've been talking around this issue and it's so interesting and really timely and important. And I've learned a lot already, but I want to I wanna, uh, give you the opportunity to talk a little bit more specifically about higher purpose, what you're doing with the platform, and then how candidates, you know, service members get engaged with the platform and, and maybe more importantly, especially for our audience, how employers can get engaged with the platform and how they work with you and kind of what happens when you engage with employers. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for that. So we we operate three distinct brands that serve the military community. We have Higher Purpose, which is H I R E Purpose. We have a news and culture site called Task and Purpose that's the largest news media company serving the military and veterans audience um and then we have an events business in partnership with usa where we produce events for military spouses and families we do about 18 events a year around the country and for higher purpose specifically what we do is we really do uh, three different things for our employment partners so number one is we help them source talent So we have a job board on our site, but more importantly, we have a a team who actually will go out and do hiring campaigns to help you find the right candidates for your roles. So when a company reaches out to work with us, we spend uh, a little bit of time really understanding what their needs are, what are the roles that are difficult to fill, what are the roles that are a good fit for our talent pool?
0: Sure. And then we
1: use our database. We have the largest database of active job seekers with military experience and spouses. Um, and we target the job seekers that meet those requirements, also have a preference um, for those opportunities, okay. and we, we help them source talent. So that's, that's the first thing that we do. The second thing that we do is we do content marketing for our employment partners. So through Task and Purpose, which is the digital media company, we reach about 50 million people a month. Um, And we have a massive social following. We also get a lot of traffic to our website. And so we're really good at talking to this audience. And so we're able to help brands um, communicate effectively through content marketing to this population. And then the third thing that we are increasingly focused on is training and education. So we do some consulting work with with employer, employers. We're doing an event in New York City uh, coming up on June 28th to train employers on how to hire military. And we think that there's, there's a lot of just sort of simple tactics that we can pass on to companies to give them the tools so that they can do some of the things we do themselves. Uh, so those are the three things we do, sourcing, content marketing, and training education consultants.
0: Yeah, Zach, thanks for summing that up, because I think it's important for the folks listening to the show, the HR and talent leaders listening to the show to know that, um, you know, there are plenty of resources available to them to better engage with this great, untapped, often community of talent. And it's not it's not just, oh, let me search LinkedIn and try to find people with, you know air force or marine corps or army experience right that there's 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 a ton of resources available to them and help and 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 from people who know what they're doing too which i think is even more important so uh yeah uh, i'm real i was really interested to learn about this and learn more about it uh before the show as i did a little research and then uh learned a little more from uh just conversation it's great uh I, i think this is a really really cool idea i mean you mentioned the events that you do in partnership with usaa and it just reminded me like i'm a usaa member myself my dad is former military he was a vietnam vet himself and i like he when he got released from the army you know he went right into a job and he stayed in that job for 35 years until he retired right i think that world yeah he was lucky yeah i I wish i never asked him like how he found that job or how it worked out it'd be interesting story to know and um I'm sad I never asked him uh, about it, but, um, but, uh, so the Zach, first of all, uh, the website for higher purpose, uh, it's H I R E com And, um,
1: yep. H I R E com. Yeah.
0: We'll direct that. We'll have that all in the show notes. We'll direct folks to check that out and and learn more about what higher purpose is doing. Learn, learn more about how to more effectively engage this talent pool. And, and man, the numbers are incredible. 250,000 exiting service members every year and in an, as you said, uh, Zach, I'm a bit of a labor market geek myself and you know, all, you know, almost record low unemployment, uh, absolutely a record high open jobs. According to the, the BLS 6.6 million open jobs in the United States right now, Wow! more than ever since they've been recording this data since like about 20 years ago. So it's a great, it's a great opportunity. It's a great time. It's, it's, it's not just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for your business. So, um, Uh, Zach is called from higher purpose. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for your service. You know, uh, it's, uh, and, and thank you for what you're doing for, for veterans, uh, today. I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative and, uh, uh, I just, I've, I've I've been real happy to learn about it.
1: Terrific. Well, thank you so much for the time today. This has been great to, to be on the podcast and, uh, Looking forward to staying in touch and uh,
0: really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. I Will do. And so uh, thanks again to Zach Iskol from Higher Purpose. A great conversation. I encourage everybody, especially running into this Memorial Day weekend, take a few minutes to think about uh, everything that veterans can offer for y- your organization and, and what they've done for us and what you can, what they can do for you. So uh, awesome. So thanks so much, Zach Iskol, again from Higher Purpose. So uh, that's it today from the HR Happy Hour Show. Uh, my name is Steve Bowes. Uh, Remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour Show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for HR Happy Hour. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.